was also from like upbringing because you know growing up we were always just taught like especially me being the youngest of three sisters like I think my parents I don't think they had to talk with either one of them um either but it was just kind of understood by the time I, they got to me that you just don't do it right <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you do it you have to be married but then once again when you, once you get married nobody tells you what to do and how to do it you know right. mamas welcome to the more than a mother podcast where we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mother at the same time i am your host lawan moses and i am helping you find the freedom to live are you ready let's go Hey friends, welcome back to the More Than a Mother podcast. This is your host, Lawan Moses, and I am back with you again for another great episode. If this is your first time listening at More Than a Mother podcast, we are helping moms to create a life outside of motherhood without sacrificing their family time. We believe that moms can pursue their dreams and be great moms at the same time. My guest today is Ms. Bridget Bray. Bridget is a sex and intimacy empowerment coach, whose goal is to help women, men, and couples explore their sexuality and empower them to overcome any obstacles they may be facing in their intimate life. This conversation today put a different spin on what it means to be more than a mother. And I want to put a disclaimer out there that today's podcast is for mature audiences only. Although we keep it clean and it's not explicit, this is definitely a mature subject So I just want all moms listening and all parents listening who usually have their kids with them while they listen to the More Than a Mother podcast, just want you to know that this is an adult subject and there are adult matters that are talked about on this episode. Bridget talks about her struggles with depression and mental wellness, and then also what inspired her to become a sex and intimacy empowerment coach and how she is using it to empower mothers, empower women, empower couples to explore their sexuality and live their best lives. And in case you didn't know, May is International Masturbation Month. So Bridget talked to us about self-pleasure and really kind of broke down the stigma and barriers that tend to surround that. Let's dive in. Hey Bridget, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Luan? I am doing well. Welcome to the More Than a Mother show. I am so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Before we get into your interview, could you introduce yourself to the More Than a Mother audience? Yes, I will. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Bridget Bray of Bridget Bray Coaching, and I am a full-time mother, full-time wife, and a sex and intimacy empowerment coach. So I help others kind of can rekindle things in their relationships or expand on things that they're working on their in their relationships. But my goal is to help spread love and keep love going, especially in the Black community, because I feel like that's something we don't see enough. So that that's one of my things that I love to do. And I love that. That is just so great. And I feel that we don't hear a lot about that. So I'm excited to see where this interview is going to go. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about sex and intimacy on this show yet. So, yeah, so I definitely think that is a great topic that impacts all of us. So I can't wait. But before we get into all of that, at More Than a Mother, we believe that you can be a great mom and pursue your dreams at the same time. 
We're also big on storytelling and believe that everyone has a story to tell that led them on the path that they are on today because none of us wake up and we're suddenly these great beings that we are today. So could you share with our audience what led you on the path that you're on today? What was your aha moment in life? Well, to be honest, a big aha moment for me was when I went through a bout of depression after dealing with the loss of my mom. And so although back then I wasn't thinking about ever being on the path that I am today as being a coach, a sex intimacy coach, but it made me realize that life is short. So to really take my time and, you know, expand on things that I wanted to learn more of and to also not hold back on things that I may have wanted to explore but didn't because of what I thought my family and my friends were going to say. So that was kind of my aha moment to make sure that I was living my life to the fullest because, <laughs> yeah. you know, life is short. So, Right. And that is, that's great because we, it takes things like that sometimes to kind of put life in perspective as to how short it really is. And unfortunately we have to go through loss and grief and those type of things to kind of realize that, Hey, I'm wasting my time doing things that may not be fulfilling me, things that may not be making me happy. And it's kind of that rough and rude wake up call that, hey, I really have to take advantage of today because tomorrow really isn't promised. Right. So true, because we really don't know what's going on. And, you know, it's just you you can't live in the past. You got to keep moving forward and you got to keep wanting to be better and do better. So, yeah, that was just a big thing for me. It's like I got to get out of this dark space. <laughs> right. So when so when you found yourself in that dark space, like what did what helped you to kind of get out of that place? Because I've had my own battles with depression. and I'm sure that there are moms that are listening now that may have went through depression or are currently feeling in a dark, depressed state. What kind of things did you find kind of helped you through that? Honestly, and at the time when this happened, I was in grad school, so I didn't have any kids. I wasn't married to anything at the time, and I was lucky enough that through the school, we were able to get counseling. So I actually went and saw counseling. Yes, we can go to counseling. Like it was okay um, to do that. And that really, really helped me because sometimes you just need people to talk to that are non-biased. They don't know the backstory. They don't want to give you their opinion. You just want somebody to listen to you and to guide you on what you need. And so going to counseling, seeking therapy, like stuff like that is what really helped me get through that dark time. So, you know, I, it was nerve wracking because it was something I didn't want to do at first. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't, you know, people talk bad about going to see the shrink or whatever, right. but it was very, very helpful for me. I okay. really enjoyed it. And counseling is a tool that is very helpful. And I mean, counseling exists for a reason. And for so long, it's been like taboo in the Black community that we don't go to counseling. Everyone should pray and our problems will be solved. And yes, there are (laughs) Christians or believers, but I mean, counseling was invented for a reason. And I just think that the more we bring to the forefront the benefits of counseling, then the more people will realize that it's not a taboo subject and that it is okay to go to counseling. I mean, it's okay to have a counselor on hand, someone to talk to, bounce bounce what you're going through off of. And like you said, that unbiased opinion, someone to really give that outside looking in kind of feedback to you because Mm -hmm. when you're caught up in it, you really get lost and can't see what's going on. 
And and not even just that, too. It's like I know a lot of times people say, well, I have my friends that I can talk to, which is great. I mean, I have friends and family, too. But the fact of the matter, matter is they're not trained to get you where you need to be. Like, And also, they may not deal with something the way that you d- deal with things. And a counselor, they are trained to help you deal with things based off of what they evaluate for you. Not what they think you should do, but what they see and are trained to tr- um, to find in yourself. So, you know, although, you know, that best friend of yours is great, but, you know, you definitely need to seek that professional help because in the end, it's about what works for you, not what works for somebody else. So, yeah, definitely seek that out and find a person that works for you, too. I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, they gave me a few options as far as my counselor. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of able to pick a few or at least see a profile. So make sure you do your research, read your reviews, because you want to make sure you're getting somebody that is definitely there for you and um, looking out for your well-being, because unfortunately, there may be some places that are not the best, or it may just not be a good fit. It's just like a doctor. Um, You know, you want to find the one that's going to look out for your health. So definitely do your research when you're, you know, looking for that person to help you out. Right. And realize that you do have options and you don't have to feel like you're stuck with Mm -hmm. one person. Because, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of horror stories of people that go to counseling. But outside of the horror stories, there is much success. So, I mean, just really keeping those options open, seeing what's out there and just talking to people and make it be known that you might be surprised as to who you know that may have a counselor. They could probably refer you to someone that works very well for them. Right. Exactly. And another thing I wanted to mention, since we're kind of talking about that part, too, is because what will happen is, and I'm noticing, is that people will get stuck in the fact that, oh, my insurance doesn't cover this person. (laughs) You guys, please understand when you are worried about your mental well-being, like, don't get me wrong, I understand financials are something to consider, but you also want to make sure you you consider yourself first. So yes, check with your insurance company, see who they cover. But if it doesn't cover the person that you really feel like is a great fit for you, please take that route if you can and get with the person, no matter what it is, because it definitely makes a difference to make sure you have the right person for you. So don't let that scare you away. Right. And some counselors have different options. So even if your insurance doesn't cover it, some do like Mm -hmm. sliding fee scales or have special kind of payment arrangements or things of that nature. So don't let insurance be a hindrance, I guess, to getting the right help that you need, because it is so important to work through anything. And we're not just talking about being, there's a difference between being sad and being depressed. And when you're in Mm -hmm. that depressed state, no matter what you do, you cannot bring yourself out of that. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in not realizing that depression is really a state that you're in. And to get out of that depression, you really need that professional help to pull you up out of that, guide you along the path. And it's not something that you could really pull yourself out of, so to speak. Right. And a lot of people will tell you that, oh, you just need to shake it off. It's not something that you just shake off. It's it not. is something you actually have to actively work on getting out of. Right. And I don't think people realize how depression kind of manifests in your life because to some people it's not that sad state, but it may be a cluttered house such as hoarding or things of that nature. I mean, depression takes on so many different states and can take over so many different parts of your life. So, I mean, just really getting that professional help can really help. Yep. I totally agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
So what obstacles did you encounter as you were going on your journey through your counseling, dealing with your depression, just growing on your path? What kind of obstacles came along the way? it was a lot like you know when that first happened to you like I got into a car accident you know it's just life happens and you just have to kind of learn to roll with the punches I think that's one thing I we don't talk with our kids about or we are not talked to about as kids we see a lot of things going on but we just think mom and dad or whoever fixes it and we move on with our life so that was just kind of one thing that was difficult for me because I'm like, man, all of this stuff is happening back to back to back. How do I, you know, deal with all of this? So, you know, it was just something I had to just make sure that I included in my counseling at the time. And then as I got through that, just making sure that when I saw an obstacle come up, that I didn't let it get me back to the space where I, I had been in the past. Because no matter what we want to believe, there is always going to be something, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, whether it's big or small. Yeah. So you, we got to make sure that we just remember like to not let it get us so far back down that we can't get back out of it. But we just have to learn how to overcome things as they, they come up. That's true. Because obstacles come no matter what level you make it to, no matter what happens, as they say, new level, new devil. So, I mean, those obstacles, they're going to always be there. And it's learning how to maneuver and navigate them so that they don't put you back in that state. And I think that's an important skill that you learn through counseling and things of that nature, just coping strategies with their cause. You just learn how to cope, learn how to navigate, Mm -hmm. learn how to deal so that they're not taking over your life. Exactly. So what put you on this journey to become a sex and intimacy coach? (laughs) Well, that was also from like upbringing because, you know, growing up, we were always just taught like, especially me being the youngest of three sisters. Like I think my parents, I don't think they had to talk with either one of them um, either, but it was just kind of understood by the time they got to me that you just don't do it. Right, <laughs> and, and when you do it, you have to be married. But then once again, when you, once you get married, nobody tells you what to do and how to do it. You know, right. and so it was just something like long ago. I just knew like it was something I wanted to explore because I wanted to make sure, just like most people, I want to make sure I'm doing it right, doing what I'm supposed to do, exploring the things that I'm allowed to, ex- you know, explore. When we say allowed, because it's still going by what you were talking, right. you know, growing up. But when I first actually got into the coaching part of it, I actually am um, a consultant with Bedroom Candy. So I joined that first and I really enjoyed going to the parties, meet new people. And then I realized like people were staying a little bit longer afterwards just to talk about the things that they were going through, things that they wanted to try, things that they needed questions or help with. And I'm sitting here like, most some of it I know, some of it I don't. And that's just, you know, for me, it took... For me to see that part of it, that people really needed this help to want to learn more so that I could actually help coach people through it. So, excuse me, that was one big eye opener to the fact that it wasn't just me. It was a lot of people that got misinformation and we're all trying to figure it out now as adults. So, yeah, that was a big game changer because I just really wanted to help other people because a lot of people, especially women, are looking for that help. Right. And that's true. Like we don't really talk about and explore the sexuality, intimacy aspect of life. And the things you've done, have you kind of come across like a reason, like with our upbringing and those type of things as to why it's like such a 
to me, really another taboo subject to where women don't feel free to like explore their sexuality, intimacy, that type of thing, especially once you become a mother also. It's like Mm -hmm. we get into these boxes and forget that we're women and those type of things. Like what kind of things do you come across in the work that you do? A lot of it is just mostly the upbringing, like you said, especially in the Black community. It's just you keep your legs closed and you don't do anything until you get married. There are some people that were fortunate enough to have parents that did give them, you know, a better sex talk and actually explain things to them and things of that nature. But that's very few and far between. So the biggest thing I think was just the upbringing, because that's how they were taught. And then also, I think it could stem from a lot of like trauma that kind of went up under the rug kind of just been swept up under the rug from a lot of families where it was you know things that were happening maybe that happened to the grandparents so they're trying to protect their kids and grandkids and just not talk about it and then also the christian background Uh, they love to use that as uh you know that's a sin you're not supposed to do it which i get it but once again, what are you doing to teach people once they get married how to stay there and, and actually learn to expound to please their spouse and not make it just about the man? Like, right. you know, although, yes, we want you to get yours, too, but we want to make sure that they are able to please their wives. So I just think it's a lot of people just don't know. I agree. People, you know, they just don't know or either they know and they're scared to talk about it because it's just been so shamed upon to talk about sex. And it's the most natural act that one of the first natural acts that we all experience. Right. So <laughs> whether it's just touching yourself or, you know, whatever, like we explore our body as kids. Right. Like, you you know, you may see your child kind of check in as a baby. Like, what is this down there? Like, this is just a part of our body as part of the natural being. And we are scared to talk about it. I don't understand that. But that's why there are people like you that are here to help us talk about it. And and I never even thought about, as you said, that gap between, especially with the Christian value base as to you keep your legs closed, you don't do it. But then once you get married, like this light switch is supposed to click on and you're supposed to all of a sudden know what to do. I mean, I never thought about that until you just brought it up right now, how that gap does exist, how you're supposed to do nothing and then all of a sudden get married and you're just supposed to know everything to do. Yes. That is just, that's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. I never thought about that till you just said it right now. Wow. Yep. It's so crazy. It's like, no, okay. So now are we just supposed to get in here and explore? Like, you know, especially if you were lucky enough to both be virgins when you get married. So you're just supposed to explore and figure it out and then sit here and wonder, did I mess up? Did I marry the wrong person because we can't get it together in the bedroom? Like, that's a problem because there are a lot of people that just don't know that because they haven't been taught on how to properly engage with their spouse on that level. So, yeah, that's definitely something that needs to change in the world. It is. It definitely is. So when you were building this, you say you do bedroom candy. Now you're moving into the coaching consulting. I can imagine just like, though I guess the way it's received by others like when you come out as I'm a sex and intimacy coach and you have your people that know you personally or relatives or those type of things and you just put it out here post certain things that you're promoting sex intimacy those type of things like how was that received when you first started into this Honestly, it was received a lot better than I thought. Like, I feel like I know if my mother was still alive, she would have been like, I think she would have supported it in the end, but she would have been one of those like Christian people like, you're not supposed to do stuff like that. (laughs) 
But my dad actually took it surprisingly well. I don't think he really understood at first exactly what the products were. He just knew the company name until he like actually saw the stuff. He's like, oh, but he was like, hey go out there and make your money, you know? (laughs) So it was actually a lot more, I guess, it was a lot easier than I thought. Like I was really scared to tell a lot of my family members. So at first I wasn't posting a lot. Like I made brand new pages and everything just so like, if my family wasn't following me, they wouldn't see it. But now they know they don't really care. They get it. They understand. Like, (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's a part of life. Right. It is a part part of life. (laughs) And I think a lot of times we hold ourselves back because of what we think people, how we think people will receive an idea. And then when we put it out there, it's like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how can, life. yeah, it is life. And I mean, I'm, I just, I love that you do this. Cause I mean, like I said, this is a first, I believe for our show and a, really a first conversation I'm sitting down having with anybody just to kind of talk this through. And I'm getting so many revelations just sitting here and thinking about my life. <laughs> hey, it's okay. It is. It's all right. <laughs> so it's natural. When women, we become mothers and this is about being more than a mother. And this really fits into being more than a mother because you have to own your sexuality, own your being, those type of things. Mm-hmm. So how can you, what is like a first step kind of tip that you could give to someone that a woman, a mother that's out here who has been consumed by her motherhood role or whatever her other roles are to kind of step up, own her sexuality because she may be married and just dealing with you know I'm sure you know Mm -hmm. how it goes (laughs) no you are fine if you are enjoying this podcast please take a few seconds and leave a review a rating and share this with all of your mom friends we want to get the word out about the more than a mother podcast so that we can empower as many moms as possible this is truly a movement for all moms as moms we are a community and it is up to us to continue to lift each other up So don't keep all this greatness to yourself. Subscribe, like, share, rate, and leave a review so that all moms can start to tune in and start living out their own unique life stories. The first thing is to just remember that you're more than a mother and more than a wife. Remember you you were somebody before you had those titles. So although things may have changed over the years, you are still you. And so the biggest thing is to make sure you're still giving yourself you time, spend time with yourself, even if it's just, you know, take a long bath. I know how it is with kids. Sometimes you don't even get that. They may bust in the bathroom while you're trying to do that a little bit. Right. <laughs> but just making sure you're intentional about setting time for you, whether it's go to a spa day, take that bath. You know, I know we can't really do spa days right now with this whole coronavirus stuff, but plan something for you, do something for you and make sure that your family is kind of aware and on top of that so they don't interrupt your time. Because it is still important to make sure we remember that we are sexual beings. So, you know, taking care of yourself in that manner, you know, I I don't know how much I can say on the show, but (laughs) take care of yourself. It's okay. And actually people that do that masturbate let me just say it yes you can say we can put put a disclaimer (laughs) on this episode that if you have children listening then we're going to put a disclaimer at the beginning that mom this is an episode just for you this is truly a more putting a new spin on more than a mother so i like i like this though 
Yeah, so like, you know, studies show that people that masturbate more often are actually more sexually active in their relationship. So I think that is sometimes what's missing because you you don't feel sexy anymore. And I get it. You've had babies. Our bodies change. They may not be the same. So taking the time to look in the mirror, know that you can pleasure yourself so that you can in turn feel empowered to still go out there and be with your spouse also. And and. The biggest thing is, I think, is the self-image comes first, though. So, like, look at yourself in the mirror. Embrace your flaws that you think you have. And if it is something that you know that you don't like and you can make an improvement on it, take the steps to make that improvement. Like, there are things you can do to go about it, but the main thing is just being confident in yourself and who you are first uh, so that you can then go out and be who you need to be for your kids and for your husband if you're married um, and just for yourself, for your sanity. So. Well, that's that's important, very important. And we're not taught that. I mean, we're taught it in other ways, but when it comes down to sexuality, it's really just a lot that we're not taught. Right. Exactly. And it's like it is it is crazy. I'm having this conversation. I'm like, it is crazy. Like, why are we never having these conversations? Like it's something wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with it. It's a part of life. So yeah. Yes, it definitely is a part of life. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to do it. Take care of yourself. That's the only way also you're going to know how to tell your partner what you like is by knowing what you like because you've explored and you figured it out. Like we can't leave it up to our significant others every time to help figure it out because also our body changes as we get older or age so that something you may like before you don't really like anymore. You may be more sensitive in another area. So you have got to take care of you first. So that way, if things do change, you can kind of guide your partner to the right direction when that happens. Okay. And just be open with the conversation too. Like, I know we're talking about it here. You may talk about it with your girlfriends or whoever, but um, making sure you're keeping the lines of communication open with your spouse too, because they don't know. Don't think they can just read read our minds and figure it out. Like we have to be open and honest and talk to them about the things that we need or want. So, and I think that's what a lot. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of women probably think is that because when you look at society, when you look at culture, it's kind of like sex and everything is all centered around the masculine, and women aren't really portrayed unless it's like an image that's sexualized again for the masculine for the men women aren't really portrayed in that nature of kind of owning that sexuality and those type of things. So then when you get into the marriage or the relationship, whatever it is, you don't feel comfortable to open your mouth and say, this is what I like. This is what I don't like initiating those type of things, because it's these messages that are poured in that the man is supposed to kind of take control, take the lead and you're supposed to take it. So yep. <laughs> exactly. And they're and the, not even just that they're supposed to take the lead and they're supposed to know what they're doing, right. but they don't know. They don't know unless you tell them. <laughs> and that's because they're going to think, know, Oh, y'all. this might've worked with the, you know, the last person I was with. So it is probably going to work for her. That's not how it works. And we, they will not know unless you tell them. So like, it's funny. We had a conversation about this other day at work with a few of my coworkers. Cause you know, it was one on one hand. She was very open and honest. Like, I didn't like that. You know, this wasn't for me. Then you had another that's like, no, I'm just going to be like, that was good. And then never call them again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's kind of like, no, be open, honest. And there's ways to say it. Like, you don't have to necessarily say it in a harsh way. You can just be like, oh, you know, although that was nice. I really like it when you do it this way versus that way. But we, you know, 
some people pick it up and some men may be taught if they had a, a great figure to kind of guide them in that correct direction. Excuse me. So they may be more inclined to be the one to engage in that and start that conversation. But don't be afraid to take the initiative and start a conversation either, because, you know, they may not bring it up. And you may be sitting there mad thinking they can read your mind. Well, he know, I didn't like this. And, <laughs> da, 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 da. and you know, the kids getting on my nerves. Da, 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 da. No, no. Be open and honest. Communication is the key. Right. Communication is key to everything, even in the bedroom, moms, ladies, and listening. We apply communication to all areas of life. So Bridget is saying here today, don't expect (laughs) your man to read your mind in the bedroom. If it's something that you want, then you need to go for it. And I think, and I'm just sure just in thinking in hindsight about different things, how it kind of takes the pressure off the man also, because when you're open and honest and you're telling him what you like and those type of things or you're initiating things then I mean men not men may not verbalize it as women as the need to feel wanted and desire those type of things but they have that need also so I'm sure that kind of takes the pressure off of them to always have to perform so to speak yes it definitely does and also make sure you initiate sometimes like I'm not saying every time but it can be you know just like it's pressure on us when we feel like oh my god do I initiate? Uh, or is he going to not want it tonight and going to turn me down? Like they have the same thought. They don't want to come to you all the time and you may not be in the mood and you turn them down every time and they're the only ones initiating. So feel free to take the lead, you know, every now and then as well, because that just keeps it spicy. That throws them off because especially if they are the one used to being the one uh, initiating, that'll change it up. And that's just another way to spice it up in, you know, in its own. So just remember, like, it doesn't always have to be them. You know, you can initiate too. You can put ideas out there to change things up and try new things as well. So don't be scared. Don't be scared. (laughs) We are keeping it spicy. (laughs) <laughs> a hot episode, fire episode of More Than a Mother. We have the spice, the sauce, everything going on here. This yes, is definitely ma'am. a great spin on More Than a Mother, and I am loving it all. <laughs> Yay. Yay, I know. This is so great. So you are working full time still. You're running yes. a business. You're a mother. You're doing all these things. How are you doing it all, managing it all, getting your, have your life together? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Sometimes I'm not even going to lie because I'm like, huh. on one hand, I don't like the, the whole fact that the corona came through. But at the same time, I feel like it's making everybody slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have to go to the soccer practice and all of this stuff with the kids. So that has helped a lot. But it really just comes down to really trying to manage my time. I'm still working on that. I'm not even going to lie but it's starting to get a little bit more fine-tuned. But, you know, you you have to be mindful with your intentions of what you are trying to get done. I say I'm a multitasker, but I need to kind of probably slow down with being a multitasker. Yes, do that. <laughs> so just, yeah, so like, just make sure you're yes. focusing on one thing at a time. One thing. That is, that's what I was about to say. I'm giving that speech. Stop multitasking. <laughs> One thing. Right. Three <laughs> things I know we as women yes. say that. Yes. We said, oh, I can multitask, but really, like, if it's something important that you need to work on, like, seriously, take the time, plan it out, sit and get that one thing done, and then don't move on to the next one until you're finished. But making a plan, trying to stick to it, I know life happens, so... 
Also, try not to beat yourself down if you don't finish something that you said you were going to finish because life does happen. But just making sure you're able to pick yourself back up and get back on track, you know, when the next go round comes. So, all right. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> so, how are you finding navigating full time work with doing your business? It's a lot. So luckily for me, you know, the BK side of my business, that was a little bit different. It didn't interfere as much because at the time, the weekends were on party time. So it didn't interfere with myself during the week. Now, I will say with the coronavirus stuff, doing more virtual things, it can interfere a little bit because you have to really manage your time, making sure you're not doing something on, on the company clock. <laughs> When you're supposed to be at that job and then coming home and being a mom and getting things done. So unfortunately for me, <clears throat> good and bad thing, I'm a night owl, but bad thing is I'm a night owl. <laughs> so like once they get to bed, honestly, sometimes that's one of the times I do my best work. Okay. It's quiet. Everybody in the house is asleep. But also if you have to get up in the morning too early, that's probably not the best thing. But make sure you find, I guess, a time that you know you work best and set that side, uh, um, the time aside, excuse me, because if you know this is when I do my best work and I think best and I work hard, you need to get it done then. Right. Especially in between jobs, because, you know, if you're at work all day, sometimes you don't want to come home and do anything. Like you're tired, your brain just doesn't work anymore and you just want to rest. And that's okay too. But if you know you got things you got to get done, making sure you can plan out that time and fit it in when you know you can get it done. Uh, yes, definitely do that because that's going to be the main thing that keeps you sane <laughs> when you're trying to work on at a main job and then still do your side hustle and deal with the kids and all of that. Right. And finding what works for you, like you said, that's so important because some people may be early risers, so that may work for them Mm -hmm. to do it in the morning. And then also recognizing that when you're doing the main job and the side hustle and the kids and those type of things that every day you might not feel like doing it. So even if it's just like three days a week that you say, I'm going to work on my business these three days during the week, just find something and stick to it so that you are getting things done. So. So very true. I'm not a morning person, unfortunately, but if that works for you guys, <laughs> definitely get it in. <laughs> I think now, one other thing I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, oh, no, one other thing I, I did want to kind of mention too, and something I'm trying to be more into is like taking time to take a moment for mindfulness or meditation, whatever it is, you know, you want to call it. I'm one, I can't just sit and not have anything. So I like to follow like a mindfulness track from like YouTube or something and let it walk me through a relaxation exercise. But that is something too that can help, especially if you're one of the people that, because sometimes my mind just, it just goes all day. Like I jump, it jumps from one task to the next and I'm thinking about stuff all the time. So, um, trying to implement that in my life has been a lot helpful and it's actually pretty great too for those that you know for the sex life part of it because sometimes we are get there and we're just thinking oh my god I want to be intimate but I really need to do those clothes or whatever that's in the take them out the wash put them in the dryer like we shouldn't be thinking about that during that time you know (laughs) like and it may just be a quick thought but just practicing mindfulness in life can really help with some of that because it helps to kind of calm the brain down. So that's something that I've been uh, working on and trying out over the past few months. And it's been very, very helpful. So for somebody that's just trying to figure out how to stop multitasking, or like you said, trying to just fit in, you know, when do I need to calm myself down between one job to the next? 
uh, that can be something that you can implement at home too. That's good. Yeah. I've done a few of those meditations on YouTube, so I can speak that they are, they do help. Yes. So what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far? Um, the most rewarding part, hmm. I guess just seeing my family happy, my kids, my husband, um, knowing that we're at a point where, you know, we're we're not rich or anything like that, but knowing that we work hard enough to be able to enjoy the things that we want to enjoy. So I just want to make sure when I'm doing the things that I'm doing that it's reflected on my family and that everybody is still happy at the end of the day. So that's one thing that I really, really I like to see because I'm a family person. I am a quality time person. So just making sure I get that time with them and that they know I'm here and I have them to love on me when I need a little bit of extra push is, is very rewarding for me. That is, that is very, that's rewarding when you have that family time, when you're at that place of contentment and peace, as I like to call it, that is something that is really priceless. Yes, it definitely is. So finally, what is one tip that you could offer to a mom who may be struggling right now to find her way or manage it all? First, I would say, Go in the bathroom, close the door, and masturbate. That would be my first one. Get that instant relief of stress by getting those endorphins flowing. Uh, And then secondly, of course, just making sure you remember to take time for you. Because life can be overwhelming. There is uh, always going to be a light at the end of the dark tunnel. I know sometimes it seems like we can't get out of it. But, you know, there is a better option out there than some people are taking. Like I really wish a lot of the mental health um, issues that we have going on, like people will really just understand. I know you're in a dark place, but you will overcome it. Like you will, like it's, it's gotta get better. Just like it, it turns tonight, it's gonna turn back today. Like right. we have got to just remember that. And I know it's hard when you're in that space, but just remember you are you and you can't get out of it. And if you can't do it by yourself to seek help, Like it is totally okay to seek help. Yes. I love those two tips. And that is the first (laughs) tip that I've ever had to go in the bathroom and masturbate. (laughs) But I think that is great because it touches on an area of life, as I've said, that we don't talk about often enough. And when you talk about the endorphins, those feel good hormones and all the things that can come from it, there's nothing wrong with feeling good. So that is a tip that I'm sure a lot of mothers, when they listen to this, are like, what is going on in this episode? <laughs> but guess what? It's life, and I am loving it, and we need to have more of these conversations. So, Bridget, I yeah. really enjoyed having you here with me today. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you again for having me. This no, was awesome. No problem. So where can, our, where can my audience find you online? Well, you can find me. My website is BridgetBray.com, B-R-I-D-G-E-T. B-R-A-Y.com. And you can also find me on social media under Bridget Bray Coaching. So that's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bridget Bray Coaching. But you can find me there. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Like, that's what I'm here for. Yes. And go follow Bridget because she's always dropping some sex and intimacy tips. And we'll have the <laughs> knowledge peaking. And you ready to click on that bedroom candy and figure out what it's all about. So, yes, go follow yes. Bridget right now. So this was so awesome. And I thank you so much again for joining me. This was just great and fantastic.
Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. I really did. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to LawanMoses.com. I love for us to stay in touch. Make sure you leave your email address so I can send you inspiration, tips, and the latest updates. Or if you prefer, text the word more, that's M-O-R-E, to 302-440-4632. We have some great things coming up and I don't want you to miss a thing. Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, keep pressing because victory is yours.